For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. Carriage Kia in Gainesville and Woodstock has up to $6,000 in rebates right now during the summer sticker event. New 2019 Optima, Sorento, Sportage, Stinger, and Forte. 66 months, 0% for qualified buyers only at Carriage Kia, Gainesville, and Woodstock. And welcome once again to the Gwinnett Daily Post, Gwinnett Football Friday. I'm your Gwinnett Daily Post podcast host, Darren Sutherland. On the line with me, sports editor for the Gwinnett Daily Post, Will Hammock. It's Football Friday, Will, and we had a huge week last week in Gwinnett County football. Let's just start it off. Grayson went over to McEachern and the number five team, not in the state, but the number five team in the nation, and they may have moved up, and I just ain't seen the polls, and you may update us, put 50. 55 points, the most points ever scored by a visiting team at Walter Cantrell Stadium in Powder Springs. 55 points on the Indians. I mean, just yeah, that's a pretty crazy stat, isn't it? It it, it is a crazy stat, and I mean, this is a McEachern team that gave North Gwinnett the week before a run for their money. Is Grayson yeah. that strong will, or did McEachern play that bad last week? What what do you think? I, I think Grayson's just that good. They're uh, the talent level over there is just insane. It's a uh, it's it's very impressive what they've, what they've built over at Grayson. They're uh, got players all over the field. I was talking to another Gwinnett coach, and he said, "Is there anybody on their defense that's my power five kid?" And I'm like, "I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't wow. think there may not be." Wow. They're, uh, they're they're loaded over there. They got two defensive ends that are beasts over there. Their their secondary is is big time. Um, got some good linebackers and uh, just top to bottom outstanding on defense. And then it, even not getting Carlos Del Rio a quarterback, they got a good good young quarterback who's going to be great and. Uh, they're uh, they're doing great things on the offensive side of the ball. They can run it. Got a running back going to Clemson, and uh, the wide receivers are playmakers, and just uh, just a lot to deal with for anybody. And I think that kind of kind of showed the difference because North Gwinnett's a pretty good team, generally a pretty good team, and that kind of shows the difference between uh, what North Gwinnett has and what Grayson has on the on the talent level. It does this early in the season, and I know we could make a lot of predictions. Okay, Grayson's easily the number one team in the state right now. Do we see anybody in Gwinnett County that can keep up with Grayson right now? Anybody even close? Uh, Collinsville has high hopes. So we'll, see, we'll see how they stack up this week. Collinsville's got Grayson this week, so that'll probably tell us a lot. Um, wanted to uh, want to say somebody else that could make a good challenge and make it interesting, but uh, I know Brookwood has high hopes, Parkview has high hopes, but, uh, but there's, a, there's a big gap to close uh, with, with a powerhouse like Grayson that has that level of talent. You just uh, – well, uh, you got to hope for playing your best on any given night, and that's, that's kind of the beauty of high school football. They can look like world beaters one week, and then they're uh, they're seventeen and eighteen year old kids. So they might come out and uh, and be flat the next week, and you just hope you catch them on one of those uh, on those flat weeks. Well, you mentioned that that they have high hopes to uh, catch Grayson. Brookwood takes on a tough Walton team that comes into Brookwood two and zero this week, and it's uh, Walton's third home game this this year. Um, what what do you see happening here, Brookwood and Walton? Uh, it looks like a pretty interesting game. I know both teams run beat, and Brookwood's had a, Brookwood had an off week after that crazy Corky Kell classic game. They played four overtimes against Acula and won that game. Uh, 
Buford's very much a work in progress. Uh, Brookwood's very much a work in progress. They're a talented team, but they're a, a very young team. They're uh, last year on defense. They started a lot of sophomores and freshmen towards the end of the season, and and most of their big time playmakers are uh, all younger kids. They're still underclassmen. The quarterback's a sophomore, Dylan Lonergan. He's a big time player. He's got uh, some great wide receivers out there, and. Uh, very explosive offense. I know they wanted to play a little bit better on defense uh, this week, and they definitely want to run the ball better uh, to to make them more balanced on that side of the ball. You know, Will, when you look at these two teams, Walton and Brookwood, they almost mirror each other in tradition within their own respective regions, with their own respective counties. They're always in the mix. They're always in the top two or three teams within the county. They're almost like the Atlanta Falcons, that they always seem like they're going to win the championship, but then they just let us down at the end, except, you know, for a few times they've won. Both teams have. But uh, they they mirror each other in tradition, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's going to be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I think so. I think the makeup of the school population has been kind of really similar over the years, so they kind of mirrored each other in those lines. I know a lot of, a lot of coaches have, have coached both places. There's some guys that, are, that have ties uh, to coaching both places, and, and Walton's kind of one of those uh, initial Cobb County teams that followed the Gwinnett County model and did yeah. a lot of things that Gwinnett County was doing. I think that led to kind of the, having more success maybe than some of those other teams in Cobb. Being a Cobb County guy, I'm going to tell you this, and, and Gwinnett County folks need to pay attention to this in this game. Walton has a kicker that, and I can't recall his name right off the top of my head, but, I mean, he scored 21 points already this year and can put it in easily from 50 yards. So uh, what it, it's it, watch that kicking game Brookwood, Brookwood's got to deal with. DeCula and Mill Creek, the Hawks over against the uh, DeCula folks. What do you got? Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting game. It's a it's a very excited bunch over there at Mill Creek. They've been uh, they've been waiting. They had the first two games canceled because of a, a COVID little COVID outbreak and tracing within the team. Uh, so they had a two week delay. So they're they're excited to get on the field and play. It's uh, they're uh, it's going to be challenging because they're those first week mistakes that you're always going to have. And uh, and Decula's got a game under under the belt with uh, already playing in the Corky Kell Classic and playing that wild game with Brookwood and, and Decula played really well in that opener. Uh, it's a team that's uh, had back-to-back Final Four appearances in 6A. Yeah. Uh, Mill Creek's a quarterfinal team last year from, from 7A, and but both were eliminated by the eventual state champions last year in 6A and 7A, and it's a, it's a really big rivalry. It's a huge game in the community here. Uh, when, when Mill Creek opened uh, 15 years ago or so, uh, pulled all their students from Decula, so it's kind of become a rivalry. It's a big attendance game uh, most years. Um, but obviously, the stadiums can't be filled this year, but usually it's a, it's a game that's packed out, and uh, and both communities come together. They, they overlap in stores and restaurants around here. So it's probably the biggest uh, neighborhood rivalry for for both schools. And you, you know what? The thing about it is those neighborhood rivalries and what we forget is these kids played Little League with each other. You've probably got a kid on Mill Creek that played – you know, baseball with a kid from the time he was six years old to the time he was 13, or foot Little League football, one served as a running back, one served as a quarterback or a receiver and a quarterback. Now they're on set separate teams. So they really want to showcase their team and their abilities in this game. So you can really throw records out the window when you're talking about rivalries like this. Yeah, for sure. And that, that, these teams always play great games. It always seems to be uh, close games. And it was a really close game last year. DQ had a really nice comeback with – Mill Creek looked like it had the game in the bag, and Dekula um, came back late, won on our field goal, and uh, just a uh, always an exciting game when these two play, and, and it's always fun for the community that uh, the coaching staffs respect each other. It's a pretty healthy rivalry. It's not one of those uh, not one of those contentious things. They uh, the people all seem to get along and, and compete and uh, and go back to their normal lives after that. 
Well, when we're talking contentious, we're talking good football, we're talking guys going to the NFL, these two programs have put their share of folks in not only the D1 ranks, the D2 ranks, but into the NFL. Parkview and North Gwinnett, two legacy schools there in Gwinnett County squaring off. And uh, North Gwinnett, you know, had a good year thus far. Parkview also. What you got? Yes, it's Collinsville Grayson's uh, the game of the week. Uh, Parkview North Gwinnett's got to be right behind, maybe maybe 1A and 1B. Uh, but this is both teams that have had great success of late and, and over their histories. Uh, both made, made the uh, state semifinals last year in, in Class 7A. So they're, uh, they've experienced success uh, lately and throughout their history. Uh, I look for this game to be very interesting, uh, very exciting. Uh, both, both teams bring a lot to the table. Both teams have a uh, Super 6 player, uh, one of our top six kids in Gwinnett County. Parkview's got Cody Brown running back going to Tennessee. Uh, North Gwinnett's uh, defense is led by Barrett Carter, uh, linebacker going to uh, Clemson. And he's a kid that's going to play a little bit on offense, too. Uh, but there's talent abound on, on both sides of the field for these teams. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I said this last week, and I'll say this again. Ask you again, how does Clemson have such huge inroads into Gwinnett County? I mean, I can't yeah. get I, – I don't get – now they're making and, – and if you saw Clemson play last week and Miles Murphy out of Hillgrove, they're making inroads into Cobb County. Makes no sense yeah, to me. Yeah. But Clemson is doing what they got to do. For sure. I mean, Clemson's got – they got Trevor Lawrence down here from Georgia there. Uh, they made Georgia a battleground. I mean, they come in here and, and I know Georgia's had success nationwide recruiting, but I mean, I believe that Clemson's done just as well, or if not better, uh, over the last several years recruiting-wise in Georgia, pulling out some of the big guys that they want. Uh, certainly in Gwinnett. Uh, a friend of mine just asked me that last night. Why do these Gwinnett, why do these Gwinnett kids keep going to Clemson? Uh, just something about the atmosphere they enjoy. It's uh, – it's kind of like uh, an Auburn. I'm an Auburn guy, but it's it's far enough away from uh, uh, Atlanta and Gwinnett. It feels feels like you're going away to college, but it's still close enough to come home to mom and dad if you need to. Uh, all your family can come and see you play. That's and, it. Uh, I think once once Dabo gets them up on campus, he sells them on the uh, on the atmosphere, the family, the the religion part of it. Certainly a big, a big part of the the, yeah. uh, the Christianity up there at Clemson. They're not gonna they're not gonna hide that. That's become a recruiting tool. So. Uh, it's, there's a lot to like for kids that they go up there and visit. And, and and they also had a little coach over at Grayson for a while that uh, knows the Gwinnett County population and coaching circuit pretty well in Mickey Kahn, don't you think? Yeah, I think Mickey Kahn can probably get get a lot of people in the door down here uh, to, to kind of make introductions as well, whether, whether he's recruiting a kid heavily himself or uh, whether he's setting Dabo up to talk to someone. I think he's got a lot of inroads with the coaches around here to know people and know who to call know how to get them and uh, when to get them and that sort of thing. So he's uh, he's definitely got experience down there and down here, and he's coming home and, and knows a lot of folks. That's it. Hey, we hadn't talked about these guys a lot, and it's no disrespect meant, but uh, Lanier taking on Mountain View, and Lanier's had, you know, they're pretty – they're taking off. I mean, they're, they're doing a good job. Yeah, it's, it's a school that hadn't quite grown up to uh, to 7A level to, to play with the biggest Gwinnett teams year in and year out, but uh, – at six A, they've been one of the uh, the better teams in the state uh, the last several years. It's, uh, it's been quite quite impressive to see what Corey Mobs. He's, he's a guy that played football at Parkview, so he played for uh, Cecil Flow over there, and he knows how how programs are built. He plays for some great coaches, assistant coaches over there at Parkview, and he's been able to put that stamp on uh, on Lanier and, and done a great job year in year out. They're making deep deep playoff runs. They made the semifinals a couple of years ago, and. Uh, They've been accustomed to success. They're going to be in a different region now with with uh, Buford jumping in. It's going to make things a lot tougher. But uh, Buford, Decula, Shiloh, Central Gwinnett. It's going to be they'll get to battle some of those Gwinnett teams. Uh, it was more of a 
they were playing Winder Bear, Appalachia, and traveling a little bit for region games. But they'll be built, have more region games within the county, and I think that kind of excites excites Linear. Well, you brought them up, so I'm going to give you a hard time. I should go back and play last week's little uh, and edit the statement in that Marcus Singleton with North Cobb is going to face a different team than Sprayberry this week when he plays Buford. But, man, North Cobb gave gave Buford all they could handle last week, coming away with a big win. What's what's the – I mean, folks, the reason we have to bring Buford's loss up, this is only the 17th loss in about 17 years for Buford. So uh, when any time Buford loses a game, Will, it's big news. I mean, it's big news all over the county, no matter what region or what division Buford's playing in that year. What's the attitude up at Buford with that that loss to uh, North Cobb, which they were they were favorites, they were at home. Yeah, it, it was a it was an interesting game, I think, for Buford. I think uh, kind of a wake up call early in the season. They knew it was going to be a tough game. Uh, I think maybe more so as a, a statement for North Cobb. Uh, it, you can just sense from from reading the story about that game that what what that meant to North Cobb for the uh, the season and going forward. It's not a you didn't beat a seven eight team, but you beat. Uh, one of the top football programs, maybe the most successful football program in the state of Georgia. Over Shane, the last Shane years. Queen, Shane Queen, the head coach of North Cobb, said this verbatim: "This is the top win in the school's history in the past twenty-five years." Yeah. I mean, that, that that's saying I, a lot for North Cobb. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's a it's a, it's a milestone win, like you said. But there's lots that's happened so rare at, at Buford that uh, it's uh, it's one of those things that. that Everybody's going to come at Buford every week, and if you get a Buford, if you get a win, that's going to be a milestone win for your program, just based on what Buford's done in the past. Right. Uh, a lot of teams around here, the seven eight teams, don't want to match up with Buford. Don't want any part of playing Buford. So uh, it's good for North Cobb to get that game scheduled, and, and getting a win is even bigger for that program going forward. Yeah, Buford's taking on a Carver team from Atlanta this week. Probably a little a uh, little easier task, so to speak. And uh, what, what do you expect from Buford this week? Uh, I actually found out that that, that game's been canceled. There. I forgot about the city of Atlanta wow. uh, is not 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 having football. So so Buford won't have that game this week. They'll have a unfortunately have a week to let that uh, that loss stew a little bit. And uh, <laughs> what, does, know what you want when you yeah, go online. Does that mean does that mean Douglas is going to cancel their game against Wesleyan also? Uh, I, I would think so. Yeah, I need to look into that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hey, maybe you and I could get together and put on a uh, Wesleyan Buford classic. You know. What do you, what do you yeah, think about I, that? I mean, you, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether we want that or not. Well, you know, Wheeler Wheeler got their get their opening game canceled. Marietta got Colquitt County canceled. They ended up playing together. With this COVID nineteen, you never know what schedule is going going to happen, and and what's right. going to take place. Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about Will's predictions and what's going to happen this week. We're going to take a little bit of Gwinnett players and the pros and some college football right here on Gwinnett Football Friday. Hey guys, it's Amanda Lee, your local host and Gwinnett native. 2020 has been a different year for sure, but if the time has come for you and your family to buy, sell, or rent a new home, Peggy Slappy Properties is here to help. Peggy and her team have been in Gwinnett and surrounding areas for 38 years now, helping folks just like you and me. Peggy and her team are a little different. Her team of 35-plus realtors realize that fostering strong relationships within the community is the key to their business. Peggy's team of professionals can work with you regardless of circumstance. Residential homes, new homes, rentals, with listings all over the county. In today's climate, you hear a lot of noise from others on how they can help you. The difference is, at Peggy Slappy Properties, 
they're buying and selling for neighbors, family, and friends. Don't you believe you'll get the most value from a team that knows the lay of the land? Visit Peggy Slappy Properties online at psponline.com or give them a call 24-7 at 770-271-5555. Peggy delivers the very best in Gwinnett and Georgia real estate because you deserve no less. And welcome back to Gwinnett Football Friday. Darren Sutherland, your host of the Gwinnett Daily Podcast, alongside me. For a comment, Will Hammock, sports editor for the Gwinnett Daily Post. Will, we've talked about last week's games, these games coming. Now we're going to get your predictions. You're the czar of football, high school football in Gwinnett County. You've been covering it for 20-plus years. You know it backwards and forwards. You know the coaches. You know the players. You know the the, the, the All-Americans. You know who's came where and why they're coming. But uh, let's just start it off, and I'll give you a hard time because, you know, I'm a Cobb County guy, so, heck, I I was all excited last week on this North Cobb-Buford game, and, you know, <laughs> you, you, you gave me a hard time. So we, we But anyway, let's just start off and pick them, and, and let's, let's start off with the first and the only Cobb County um, Gwinnett game this week, Brook, Brookwood and uh, Walton. What you got? I think uh, it's going to be a very close matchup. I think uh, both these teams, have, like you said, have the tradition, they're uh, – they're teams that, that play high-level football. It's not going to be a, a walkover game for either side. Brookwood's still young. You're, you're always intrigued by what they're going to do when they go into a road game like that and a, and a, and a place like Raider Valley where there's a lot of tradition. Uh, I think the talent level is pretty impressive at Brookwood. Uh, they, as well as they played and as much points as they scored in that opener, I think they, uh, they'll admit that they made a lot of mistakes on the offensive side of the ball, missed some, missed some passes, some throws, some catches that they normally make. Um, I, I just think the potential for this Brookwood team is, is pretty huge this season. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, they're they have a couple more playmakers at wide receiver to make a couple more plays that are, that are going to be the difference in this game. All righty. So, man, he picks Brookwood. Let's go to the battle of $500,000 homes in Decula and Mill Creek, the friendly rivalry of North 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 Gwinnett. What you got? Uh, it's a definitely a, a neighborhood rivalry. Uh, once again, uh, you never know how those rivalry games are going to go. Uh, I think for uh, for Mill Creek, you're looking at that first game. It's going to be tough to uh, to come out there with those, those first game mistakes and uh, and get those out of your system. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about at Mill Creek. They're playing for the first time this season, and they're playing the first game on the uh, artificial turf. Uh, I think Decula having that we, uh, game experience is going to be tough to overcome. Uh, I think that uh, Decula, they have the best player on the field and Caleb Edwards. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I see Tequila maybe pulling out a close one just because it is Mill Creek's first game, and there there may be some mistakes there. South Gwinnett, who won last week, is taking on Central Gwinnett. What you got? I tell you, South Gwinnett's been one of the more impressive teams to me early in the season. They've kind of quietly done it over there, uh, won a couple of games to go 2-0. Uh, really uh, showed a powerful running game against uh, Meadow Creek last week and, and won that game pretty handily. I thought it was going to be a closer game against Meadow Creek, but South Gwinnett really turned it on. Uh, Central Gwinnett's made some improvements on their new coach on the defensive side. They had a rough go uh, against Jefferson. Uh, I give South Gwinnett the nod in this one, but uh, certainly this is the oldest rivalry in Gwinnett. It's a fun one for both communities, and uh, and uh, excited to see that game happen and continue to happen in, in non-region play. But uh, I think South Gwinnett's got too much firepower this year in, the, in that matchup. Nice. Lanier and Mountain View, what you got? Uh, th- this one's intriguing. I like it's another uh, one that crosses classifications, uh, Lanier 6A, Mountain View 7A. Uh, Mountain View's got a new coach, John Poitavent, who's, who's done a good job. Uh, certainly losing to Parkview's no disrespect. Parkview's a really good team. Uh, Lanier's looking to get off to a great start again. Uh, I think this is going to play out to a very close game. Uh, I think the uh, I'm going to give the slight edge to Mountain View. I, I think it's going to be a really tight game. 
based on what I see from both both teams. But I'm going to go with the Bears and Coach Boydman to get a nice nice win. Well, anytime a high school position is open in Gwinnett County, you don't just get county applicants and statewide applicants. You get national applicants from all across the place. What makes Gwinnett County such a great place to coach high school football? Uh, I think a lot of it's just the support you get outside of the football. You get a lot of support on the football side of it, but you got to, you have to be a place where you enjoy teaching, where, uh, where your principal is going to take care of you, where the community believes in football and believes in the importance of football. Uh, you want a community to get behind you, and I think that's a big part of it. But then uh, you know you're going to get the booster club support, you're going to get the assistant coaches you need, uh, the facilities, the amenities, Whatever you need to be successful, you should be able to have it at most Gwinnett County schools, and that's uh, that's kind of what people look at. And, uh, and there's always some some big name guys applying when, when Gwinnett openings come up, especially certain ones. I mean, we've been hearing for years about Rush Probst wanting to get into Gwinnett for years and years, and uh, that, that never worked out. But just uh, it's a guy where uh, a place we're going to see a lot of top notch candidates, uh, big name candidates. Uh, whether or not they come here uh, is another story, but they at least want to put their name in the in the ring and hear out what's out there. And you, and you talk about state powers. Certainly, over the past twenty-five years, Parkview's been one, and then over the past ten years, we keep seeing North Gwinnett show up, show up, show up. They play a big game this week, and I mean, it's not your game of the week, but it, it, any other week, it would be your game of the week. What do, what do you see happening yeah. here? I, th- I think Parkview's kind of got more experience coming back, so I think I'm going to give Parkview the slight edge. Uh, with, with what they have with Cody Brown at running back, I think they're a little more polished offensively. Uh, they're going to have a tough time uh, moving the ball at times, but uh, with North Gwinnett's defense, Coach Stewart always does a great job, and Barrett Carter's a big-time linebacker. Uh, North Gwinnett's always got a solid defense. Uh, I think North Gwinnett's got some work to do, cleaning things up on offense uh, to be the offensive football team they want to be and that they have been in the past. Uh, the Parkview, the running backs, the, the ones who punch up there at Parkview is just, uh, just very good. And uh, and that's going to let, let him break in a, a young quarterback with with a power running running game and having success there. I mean, I really think Tyler Curtis he backs up Cody Brown. Those two guys share share carries. That may be the best backfield in the state of Georgia. So that's a good place to start. And, and then Parkview's got some some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball back too. So uh, I give Parkview just a slight edge. It's it's going to be a great game. I, I would enjoy to watch watch this Friday. It's going to be a fun one. But I'm going to go with the Panthers. Now, you being the Auburn guy, because you admitted you're an Auburn guy, okay? You let the cat out of the bag there. Yeah, you let the cat out of the bag. How many kids from Grayson you got going to Auburn this year? Uh, none. None, <laughs> none, from, none from Grayson. Man, yeah. so, but, but yet, Will, I know when I say this Grayson-Collins Hill game, you're going to go with the rest of the country and pick Grayson unless I'm wrong. What does Collins Hill need to do? to pull the upsets of upsets in the state of Georgia this week in your Gwinnett County game of the week? Yeah, I think if, uh, if Collinsville plays like, it, like it's supposed to, I think they can keep this game close and then maybe pull off the upset. I think one of the Collinsville defensive strengths is the defensive line, and they're going to have to slow down the running attack. Certainly, uh, Phil Moffitt's put up huge numbers, the running back going to Clemson for Grayson. He's, he's a guy that they're going to have to slow down uh, at some point to with that Collinsville defense. But the Collinsville defense, that line's been very impressive so far. Didn't play their best best game last week uh, didn't play nearly as well as they did in the opener against Carrollton but uh, if they get back to that form that they had in the Carrollton game uh, it, it could be a very interesting game against Grayson I think but, but the main thing I think they got to do is at least control the running game with Phil Moffa not let him go off for 200 like he had last week well I, I think I think you're exactly right and uh, Grayson I mean it's like somebody said they got you know power five kids all across the defense and defense wins championships 
And uh, you can't go against Grayson until they lose. And Greg Grayson is is what it is. Hey, we'll be right back in just a second. Get Will's closing remarks. Talk a little college, a little pro. And uh, we'll finish out here on the Gwinnett Daily Post. Gwinnett Football Fridays on your Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. This is Jay and Lewis, owners of Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Lewis, what should a homeowner do if they have a crack in their block wall, corner of their door, window, or concrete foundation? Well, Jay, if it's a diagonal crack, this lets us know that they should be concerned and there could be a serious problem. Then they should call our office at 678-ESOG-NOW and set up an appointment to have one of our qualified professional technicians come out to their property to take a look at the problem. I'm consumer investigator Dale Cardwell. I've done the research already, so you don't have to. You can trust Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Give Engineered Solutions of Georgia a call at 678-ESOG-NOW. Engineered Solutions of Georgia. And welcome back to the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday edition. Darren Sutherland and the czar of Gwinnett County sports and football sports editor, Will Hammock. Will, let's talk a little college football. Move away from high school for just a second. Georgia Tech goes down to FSU and beats the Seminoles at home, okay? It's been a long time since all those Tech fans around Gwinnett County could wear their paraphernalia in public places without being given a hard time by the Dogs or the Clemson Tigers or even the FSU Seminole fans or the Gators or at Bama or Auburn. What do you think about this Tech team going down to FSU and just uh, wearing the Seminoles out, so to speak? Yeah, I think it says a lot about what Coach Collins and his staff have done there in, uh, in a short amount of time and building that belief that they can compete with these top teams. Uh, the talent level, I think, is rising with the kids he's recruiting. Uh, but nothing against Paul Johnson, but the, his his recruiting focus was a little bit different. He he wouldn't go after some of the top kids and when he would he, he wouldn't touch them. And and I look at the Coach Collins. He's he's made a really big footprint in Gwinnett already. We talked about Grayson earlier. He's got he's got three kids uh, from Grayson who are committed to Georgia Tech. So he's he's done a good job recruiting over there in the Grayson area. Uh, Jamal Haynes, a wide receiver playmaker, uh, is a kid I really like. Noah Collins. A defensive end for Grayson is another big-time player they're excited about. But uh, I think a big part of that going forward is if he's going to be a little heavier involved in the recruiting uh, of big-time athletes, not just in Gwinnett, but around Georgia, uh, and making a bigger footprint in the state. And I know Tech fans are excited, and they, they should be. They're starting to have something to, to cheer about and uh, starting to get involved in some of recruiting some of these top kids that, uh, that Paul Johnson maybe didn't come after quite as hard. And let's face it, it's good for football overall in this state. Whether you're a Bulldog fan, Clemson fan, Auburn fan, or Alabama fan, or Tennessee fan, whoever, to have good football at Georgia Tech and to see homegrown kids, if they're not going to your school, going to Tech and putting uh, Tech on the map with football again. It's great to see. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm no Tech fan, but I'm glad yeah. to see Tech doing so well. Wouldn't you agree? I think so. I think all of us would like to see somebody in the ACC rise up and, and challenge Clemson. I think I think everybody's tired of seeing Clemson walk through the regular season and not be challenged, uh, whether it's a Georgia Tech, a Miami, a Florida State. Uh, you'd like to see some other programs cycle up and, and make the ACC more of a challenge for Clemson before they get to the playoff. 
We, we talked about it earlier, Clemson's impact in Gwinnett County. We talked about why that is and, you know, the kids wanting to go there and this, that, and another. What are the dogs in Auburn and Alabama got to do to get get uh, get the get the Gwinnett kid, County kids over? What, what would you – if you were a consultant and you were talking to their assistant coaches or Saban or, or Kirby or any of those guys, what would you say to them to get them to, to – play because you know george opens this week at arkansas so uh secs yeah. secs in full action this week so what, what do they need to do to get them gwinnett county kids i think uh, i think those those schools are more of kind of a pick and choose uh like the georgia and the alabama they're only going to re- recruit super hard on our one or two maybe three kids in gwinnett every every year and, and go after those kids whereas clemson comes in and they'll they'll go after a large number of gwinnett kids with offers and come after those kids hard I think that's the difference that they uh, they have a they have a pack of kids that they're after in Gwinnett County, and they they recruit a little bit more widespread in terms of the number of kids. And even Auburn on that front, Auburn generally does a better job of of going after a wider number number of kids within Gwinnett County uh, rather than Georgia and Alabama. And that's just because Georgia and Alabama you can't fault their recruiting success. They're getting the top kids from all around the country in various states, so they do have to limit their focus uh, in Gwinnett County, and that's and that's kind of why they're coming after less kids and, and, and maybe that's why they're having having less success here they're not not coming after these kids friends they're not showing these showing love to all these kids friends whereas clemson's offering your buddy and your buddy's buddy and uh, that, that may be a big factor in what's happening locally well we know what old miss did on a big recruit out in uh, gwinnett county one time but Wes, another story for another day hey um <laughs> um what do you see the dogs doing this week at arkansas uh, I think the, the talent level is just uh, going to be too much of a difference. I know uh, they're excited about Arkansas and, and what, what the changes that are happening there. Uh, Felipe Franks is a, is a player that Georgia fans are pretty familiar with uh, from past Gator matchups. Uh, I think Kirby Smart and his staff probably know a lot what Felipe can do and, and how to stop him. I know there'll be a different offense, but uh, I just think the talent gap between those two teams is still so huge that it's going to be a big win for the Dogs. Well, we know a lot of these Falcons players live in Gwinnett County. They opened up tough loss last week against the Seahawks. Any Gwinnett County players anywhere in the NFL stick out to you right off the top of your head? I know I'm catching you totally off guard, but anybody have a big week that just 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 busted out to you, or is it just a pretty well? We were there. We just didn't uh, <laughs> just didn't shine yeah, like we should have. Yeah, we had a couple of guys. I think they, uh, the the first one was maybe a, a, a more of an off the field revelation is that Alvin Kamara got a, a big time contract extension with the Saints uh, for a kid that went to Norcross. That's a, that's a huge amount of money, a huge amount of guaranteed money, and, uh, and obviously that's a life changing life changing deal for any NFL player. That was a big big news last week. But on the field, I'd say uh, Darius Slayton from Greater Atlanta Christian. Uh, he had a couple of touchdown catches for the Giants, and uh, he's emerged as a, the Giants' number one receiver. Uh, over the last year and a half, and uh, a year and a few games, so he's a he's a guy that's uh, going to have a very bright NFL future with his speed, with his athletic ability, and uh, uh, the New York folks love him already up there. And I think he's uh, looking looking to have a long career there. You know what? The Giants seem to have a pipeline to Gwinnett County. You got him. You got Lorenzo. I mean, you know, that 
They know they know they know Gwinnett County kids better than uh, you know Georgia and Alabama do. We'll leave that alone. You, yeah. you can see them on a bandwagon, yeah. don't you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne Gallman, Wayne Gallman, the running back from Grayson. He's a, yeah. he's the number two running back for the Giants too. So yeah. the Giants is uh, they're loaded up on Gwinnett County kids. That, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Always reminded me, and I could go for another day on why the Atlanta Falcons didn't draft Georgia kids. I mean, you know, it's another yeah. story for another yeah. day. It's uh, it makes sense. Go. Sell little tickets. Hey. How is the attendance with COVID nineteen going on in Gwinnett? How is what, what? What are you hearing? Is it making an impact on the overall games, the atmospheres? What What are you seeing and what are you hearing? Uh, I don't, it's a little different for some of the bigger games where you're used to having a, a jam packed stands, but I, I think that uh, they're getting as many people as they can and, and and to keep it safe. I know people are spread out, but the atmosphere to me has been has been great. High school football atmosphere, but the people that are there are loud. Uh, they're spread out and. Uh, Everybody's doing their job. The band's, band's doing what they do and spacing out. The cheerleaders are spacing out. And the kids are spacing out on the sidelines, doing what they can to keep this football season going. But as far as the crowd goes, I think they're enjoying enjoying things. I don't think anybody feels unsafe uh, watching an outdoor sporting event. So, and even if they were, they're spaced out and don't have a whole lot to worry about, I don't think. So just uh, been, a, been a high school football is norm to, norm to me, just with a little bit smaller crowds. Nice. We'll closing question and we'll get out of here because of time. But, uh, you know, we know about Grayson. We know their prowess. We know they're number one. If you're a Gwinnett County High School sports fan and you're slowly watching a team rise, who do people need to keep their eyes on outside of Grayson? Who, who, is, who, who right now are you saying, keep your eye watching these guys? They may make a run. They may not beat Grayson now, but they have a shot right. at the end. Who who would you who would you put that uh, target on right now? Uh, I think I think pretty highly of Brookwood and their young kids. I think by the time you get to the uh, to the playoffs and late in the season, those kids are going to be grown up. Uh, they have some kids that are uh, of the talent level to, to compete with Grayson. They uh, have uh, their wide receivers are maybe the best combo in the state. Uh, Marquise Gross, Killebrew, the cornerback, who went to Georgia, he matches up well with anybody in the state at cornerback and. I think as those kids grow up and, and get more experience and play in bigger games, uh, I think Brooklyn's a team that can maybe uh, – and they know all the Grayson kids. They're, they're nearby. They have a rivalry. So uh, I think that game could, could be interesting coming down the stretch. Be fun. Be fun. Will, thanks once again. And folks can grab all the results from the Gwinnett Daily Post of this Friday night's games. And uh, Saturday, we're back in SEC country. It's going to be fun all weekend long. It's almost like a real football weekend again. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm ready for uh, ready to prop up here by the TV and watch a little college football on Saturday. Yeah, get life back together again. Well, thanks as always. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, thanks to our sponsors, folks like Peggy Slappy Realty. And other folks that are a part of the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Fridays podcast. Thanks again. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, Will. All righty. Brought to you by Tocoa Falls College in Tocoa Falls, Georgia. For more information on TFC, call 706-886-7299 or visit them online at tfc.edu. That's tfc.edu. Since 1907, TFC, glorifying God through seeking and developing leaders who will impact the world for Jesus Christ.